It's time for the Rockies Rundown, talking all things Colorado Rockies baseball. Here are your hosts, Jerry Schimmel and Tanner Schwint. Welcome into the first edition of Rockies Rundown. I am Tanner Schwint. Really excited about this Colorado Rockies baseball season. Joining me also uh, for the show, it is Jerry Schimmel, formal voice of the Colorado Rockies. Jerry, we're a week away, my man. I know. Isn't that crazy? I know. It just it, it seems like spring training just started up. Well, I guess it did a couple of weeks ago with, with a shortened spring training. But, yeah, a week away, that is absolutely crazy to me. I can't believe it's here. Well, and, you know, I these Rockies, with everything else going on in Denver sports and Colorado sports, the Rockies can sometimes be that forgotten entity out there. But there's uh, no shortage of news surrounding this team. No, and that's a good thing. I mean, when you have been down like the team has for a couple of years now, Tanner, you're looking for something different. You're looking for some hope, something to hang your hat on moving forward. And and the Rockies were pretty quiet for the most part in the offseason until they made a couple moves lately, which I think are terrific moves, especially to, to add some offense, which was lacking a little bit last year. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a team that, that usually stays pretty intact during the offseason, it seems, kind of rely on guys coming back, maybe improved years, some guys coming up to the minors that might make an impact. A little bit different this year, making a making a move for a couple of different players. Yeah, and I want to dive into that, and I also want to dive into the to the head man who's making those changes, uh, the new general manager, Bill Schmidt. Uh, but I do want to throw out there, if you've got questions for us today, text them in 888-530-0043, 888-530-0043. We'll take your Colorado Rockies questions throughout the duration of it. But let's dive in. I think uh, uh, Dick Bonfort got a lot of slack for hiring Schmidt as the new uh, general manager. I think people were looking for an outside hire after the disaster that was Jeff Breidich. Uh, but what, what do you think of Bill? I've, I've always liked Bill. I've known Bill a long time. He was in the organization the whole time that I was, those 10 years I was doing the games, Tander. And from a personal standpoint, just a terrific guy. I mean, he's, he's real quiet. Uh, which is just fine. You know, Bright is pretty quiet too, but, but Bill's quite in a different way. Um, but just really friendly, super friendly. And, and, and I lost a job with the Rockies that, uh, he was one of the first people to call me and I don't even know him that well. So from a personal standpoint, I'm kind of a cheerleader of Bill Schmidt. And here's the, here's the most important stuff. It's not my relationship with him. It is, can he do the job? And I think he's cut out for that. You know, he's not going to be in the public a lot. He's not going to have his own radio show. <laughs> he's not, he's just going to be one of those kind of behind the scenes guys that quietly gets things done but he said he's been behind uh, the draft forever I think as long as he's been with the Rockies he's been kind of man uh, behind that draft in fact I know that when Dan O'Dowd was a general manager Dan would 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 lean on him heavily and if it came down to a pick between a couple players he would let Bill Schmidt do that he had that kind of trust in Bill so I think Bill's a terrific baseball guy I think he's really smart Um, I think he's going to have his words guarded a lot but I think this guy deserves a chance. If there was any, you know, when Bradley slept, I was thinking about his tanner, and everybody wanted a new voice, a new face, and I get that, and I really do, because yeah. your, your franchise was stumbling. But I thought if there's one guy in that front office that could probably do this and maybe change the culture a little bit and be relied upon to make some good smart baseball moves it was bill schmidt and so i was kind of out cheering that that hire of bill schmidt so long answer to your question but i think he's he's cut out i think he's going to do a terrific job i really do no and i appreciate the insight because i was certainly one of those guys that said let's get an analytic driven guy in here let's let's kind of turn the page um and, and look 
I am not a fan of Jeff Breidich. I was driving the the hate Jeff Breidich bandwagon for for a long time there, uh, but he was aggressive at times. We were talking about this uh, before we came on the air, Jerry, about uh, all the money that Breidich spent on some of these these names like Wade Davis, right, Adam Ottavino, Jake McGee, some of these guys that he went out and got in that bullpen um, that were just flops. And I think that's where afterwards it kind of did him in because he was way too conservative at that point. Yeah, I agree with you. And if you go back at the beginning when he added those players, those bullpen players, especially like Davis and Jake McGee and some others, at the time everybody applauded those moves. I mean, I did. You, I, yeah. I think every fan yeah. did, didn't think it was a bad deal. Hey, you're getting proven top-of-the-line type of relievers in a, in a terrible bullpen. So at the time we all applauded that. And, and But as time went on, those guys all got worn down. They're, they're older anyway when they were traded for or signed. And they broke down, and then it was kind of – disaster at the end but you know he was you got to credit Jeff for this he was trying and that's your point too I think Tanner was you know he got very aggressive at times and he he rolled the dice on these guys and they want they went to playoffs two years in a row with those guys in the bullpen so maybe it wasn't such a, a bad deal uh his either trading for that trio or for some of the players that were in that bullpen or signing as a free agent I thought at the time it made sense and you know what? You got a couple playoff bursts out of it. Yeah, the Rockies are moving into their post Nolan Arenado era now, post Story, post John Gray, uh, and Bill Schmidt's leading the charge. He had a lot of question marks heading into this off season. I was interested to see how he was going to deal with Trevor Story, and I think it was kind of his fate was kind of cemented uh, towards the end of last year when they kind of gave him a, a big goodbye, like in his last game at Coors Field. I kind of figured that was. Uh, a pretty good indication that he was going to move on. How do you think? Uh, how do you think Bill Schmidt handled guys like Story and John Gray this off season? You know, I, I think he probably did all he could uh, to try to get those guys back with certain dollar amounts, and they have a budget, obviously, and they had ideas on what they could resign those guys for, and and their agents or and or the players just weren't in that same ballpark. So I think he gave it a shot. Bill, Bill's just a good guy. He's not going to. He's not going to have enemies, maybe like Jeff Bradich did with Arenado and some other players. Bill Schmidt's going to—he's uh, going to be a friendly general manager to an agent and to a player, and try to get something worked out. And if it doesn't work out, then he just moves on. He's that kind of guy. So um, I, I think that yeah, I think what he did with John Gray and Trevor Story is probably all he could do. We want those guys back, of course you do. They're key players. Um, but it just wasn't going to happen. So when you move, when you have guys move on, you try to fill those holes as best you can. Yeah, and of course, story uh, now with the Boston Red Sox and John Gray in Texas with the Rangers. Uh, so things were cooking. The MLB was rolling in their free agency period, and all of a sudden, this labor disagreement, this labor dispute came, and uh, man, it put everything into a grinding halt. You talk about making it tough on a new general manager. Uh, having to deal with a labor dispute right out of the gates was not was not easy. Easy for Bill? No, not at all. And he's come out of COVID too, so yeah. I mean, those are two things that, that are really difficult to deal with for everybody, especially a general manager. So, yeah, it was a, not an easy thing, but it kind of feels like, doesn't it, Tanner, that we're we're moving past that now? Yes. With uh, agreements behind us, spring training has started up. There are big crowds down down in Scottsdale and in the Phoenix area for the Cactus League, and it feels like we're coming out of COVID now. So, hopefully, you get back to to uh, normalcy or something reflecting normalcy in Major League Baseball, just like in our in our personal and business lives, we're all looking to, to kind of get back to that. I think baseball's doing that, and hopefully we can kind of settle in a little bit 
even with even with stuff like baseball as a fan. You want to just kind of settle back in and hope that we return to normal. It looks like, anyway, we're knocking on wood that we're doing that. Jerry Schimmel, I'm Tanner Schwint here uh, with Rockies Rundown, breaking down the Colorado Rockies offseason. So obviously the big the big move this offseason was Chris Bryant. You got a former MVP, a former World Series champion, a guy that, with all you know, everything that we've heard is that he wanted to be in Denver. He wanted to be a Colorado Rocky. Uh, what were what are your thoughts on on bringing Chris Bryant into Colorado? I think it was a terrific move. I'm, I'm really do for a couple of reasons, uh, Tanner. One, he's just a terrific player, and and he's yeah, like you said, a former MVP. He's probably not going to put up the gigantic numbers like Nolan Arenado did playing uh, third base, but I think he's going to play left field mainly. But he's that kind of guy, doesn't strike out a whole lot, gets on base, walks more than no one ever did. And I think just as a player being versatile like that, throw him at third base, put him at first, he can play all three outfield positions, probably won't play in center, but he'll play a little right field, I'm guessing, at times. Uh, so a versatile player, a good, solid defender, a little better athlete than you think he is. That guy can run. I mean, he's got, he's got terrific speed, much more so than Nolan Arenado. And I think the biggest factor, maybe not the biggest one, but certainly one of them was he's just a good guy. I mean, he is just going to be a great teammate. And he's articulate, and he, 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 he loves – I think he actually enjoys doing the media stuff where a lot of guys wouldn't. But he's just that combination of terrific player – Terrific teammate, great with the media, and if he's healthy, I think Tanner, he's going to be a, a big addition offensively. I agree completely, and I think that the the most valuable point that you hit on is that he wants to be here. He wants to be a team player. He wants to see the Colorado Rockies uh, go and win a lot of games. I think that that speaks volumes uh, uh, about the guy. And I was I was confused by the people who were confused. I know that that's not very clear, as clear as mud. But I, when, whenever when the Senate came down. And they're like, why are they willing to throw all this money at Chris Bryant? Why don't they just give it to Nolan? To me, it just proves how badly Nolan wanted out of town. And I love Chris Bryant coming in here. It adds some excitement. Obviously, it's going to sell some tickets. But from a purely baseball side, he makes this team better. Yeah, there's no question about it. And it's, isn't this crazy to say, but they needed offense. I mean, how, how often have we said that about the Rockies? It's always been, we need pitching. We need both that help. They needed offensive help. They didn't score that many runs last year, certainly not like we're used to having. So one of your needs was offensive, and you go out and probably get the best available uh, free agent offensive player, versatile, and that great team like you're talking about. And a guy who has always loved playing, he's always said that, he's always loved playing at Coors Field. So you got a guy that wants to be here, great teammate, and offensively he's going to help this team win games. There's no question about it. So. Some people say, well, you overpaid, and and maybe you did. You probably have to overpay these days to get a star like that. But you know what? They did it. They're they're aggressive. They're rolling the dice. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I I like that a lot. And they also go out and sign Jose Iglesias to play shortstop. Uh, From everything that I've heard about this guy, uh, one terrific defender, not great at at the plate, but for the first time we're going to see the designated hitter in the NL. Uh, What what can you tell me about Jose Iglesias? Terrific defender. I mean, he's got a great glove. I, I, I went back and watched some some video of him, and I remember him being just that flip fielder anyway. 
But going back and watching some of the plays he's made defensively, really impressive. And I talked to Jack Corgan the other day, uh, the radio announcer for the Rockies. He said, man, this guy is better than I remember him being defensively. So you're not going to get big home run production out of him like you would with Trevor Story. But I think you're going to get a steady glove there. And the other thing, too, is you can move the pieces around. Brendan Rodgers can play shortstop, which I'm guessing he's probably going to. You know, Ryan McMahon can move over to second base. Garrett Hampson can probably – they're, they're talking about Garrett playing shortstop some again. So wow. um, you, you got you got three, two, two, three different guys you can plug in at shortstop and be fine defensively, but this guy's got a great glove. And that's what a lot of, lot of teams do. They don't worry about the offensive production from a shortstop or even a second baseman. It's, you know what, you're out there every day because you're glove. We're paying you – to the field, and we'll make up for it offensively. Well, and, and you know, these all kind of seem like um, maybe a, a, just a, a stopgap stop type of player for Ezekiel Tavar, who the Rockies are really high on. So I love it. I mean, get the great defense out there, sure up the shortstop position, and then get more pop at the plate with the designated hitter for that spot. Um, and, you know, they got more pop when they traded for Randall Gritchick. I mean, this was one of those uh, moves that caught everyone off guard again and good for uh, good uh, good for Bill Schmidt to go make this happen. I agree with you. I think that's a terrific move and, and it was done for financial purposes in Toronto and so you take advantage of that. They're, they were they were going to be past their budget on their player salaries and so you got to move something and the piece was Randall Gritchick which is one of the pieces that, that the Rockies needed. They needed some outfield help. Their outfield uh, just didn't produce offensively last year like we're used to seeing it. So And Gritchick, another guy that can move around. He'll play all three yeah. positions, probably start in center field. But So, you can, so if you're butt-like, you can move those pieces is around, but Gritchick is an everyday player that I think at Coors Field is going to hit 25 or 30 home runs and you know drove in drive in 80 to 90 runs. So I think it's a terrific move, Bryant. I, you know Bryant's the number one move, that's for sure. I, I'm serious. I don't think Randall Gritchick offensively is too far behind him. Wow, that's that's incredible. And I, I know he's highly touted, and, and I was very excited when when I saw the move. But uh, you're, you're throwing that out there. That that's an absolute win for the Rockies. Now they seem to be loading up on the offensive side. Uh, but they did make a move. They brought in a, a new closing pitcher in Alex Colomay. Uh, maybe not the sexiest name out there, but I think Colomay is is a vast improvement in that closing position. I think so too. And and you still got Daniel Bard. You know, he's got to obviously improve his command uh, and and be better than he was, especially in the second half of last year. So that's that's going to be a little bit of an interesting. I don't know if it's going to be a battle because I think you're right. Alex is going to get that that nod. I think to be the closer every day, at least beginning of the season. But if he doesn't, you know, he fault if he falters, you got somebody that has been around that block before in Daniel Bard. So it's you're right. It's not a real sexy move. It's not a big name coming in like you saw several years ago with Wade Davis or somebody like that. But this guy's solid. And what I always liked about him is fearless. I mean, he you throw him in any situation. Hey, the bases are loaded. There's two outs in the ninth inning. Get out there. He's like, give me the ball. So that's that's the kind of attitude you have to have anywhere. But I think Tanner, especially at Coors Field, because you're going to get beat up there. There's no question. If you're a pitcher, relief pitcher, starter, closer, whatever it might be, you're going to you're going to take your licks. So you got to just you got to forget about it. Have that short memory. And the word on 
on this guy is, you know what, short memory, get back out there, let's go. Uh, that That's huge. And, and again, to your point at Coors Field, you know there's going to be a ball that, that maybe wouldn't pop out of most stadiums that goes out on you here in Coors. And if a guy can shake that off and come back, that is, I mean, that's just invaluable out of that closing pitcher there. This is Rocky's rundown here on Northern Colorado's Voice. When we come back on the other side, let's let's break down the starting pitchers. Is this is this lineup, is this rotation going to be good enough for these Rockies heading into this year? We'll talk uh, with Jerry Schimmel. I'm Tanner Schwinn. It's Rockies Rundown right here on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Mornings with Kale is on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Rockies Rundown here on a Thursday afternoon. I'm Tanner Schwint, joined by Jerry Schimmel. Every Thursday from 2 to 3, we'll be talking all things Colorado Rockies. Uh, if you've got questions, comments, text them in 888-530-0043. And the Rockies are down 2-0 to zero to the San Francisco Giants right now in spring training. Jerry, I want to talk to you about the starting lineup, uh, starting pitching rotation. I want to start first with Herman Marquez. A little bit of an off year for him last year. 12-11 and 11. 4-4 ERA, uh, but but that whip right at 1.27, he, he's got the stuff, but just got beat up a little bit last year. I agree with you. Yeah, and you could kind of see it coming. I mean, he had thrown a lot of innings at a, at a young age, um, and there's a little bit of wear and tear in that arm. So, uh, And there was a stretch last year, I think right before the All-Star game, and then after it, we had three or four or five starts that were just subpar for him. And that brought that ERA up for him, and the, the loss is up in that loss column a little bit. But we know this, Tanner. He's a terrific pitcher, um, and I would love to throw. I'd love to throw him out there anytime. And when he is on, I think he's one of the top, probably fifteen or twenty pitchers in all of baseball. I mean, he has that kind of that kind of talent. And when he gets going, man, is he fun? Is he fun to watch and and, and mow guys down? So I, I think you look for a bounce back for him this year. I, I look at some of the quotes that he has told the media so far is like, you know, I'm taking a little bit different approach this year. I'm going to get back to where I was a couple of years ago when I, when I was all-star caliber and felt like I was one of the top arms in baseball. So um, I think his regimen in spring training, even though it's abbreviated spring training, is a little bit different, I'm told. Um, they're, they're not going to throw as many innings in the, in, in the spring training. I don't think anybody is because they're shortened. But um, once the season begins, he might, you might see him not pitch every fifth day. He might come out of the rotation here and there, get an extra day off or something like that just to kind of combat that wear and tear in his arm. Well, and I think that a lot of the Rockies' success is going to be on the starting pitching staff. Um, if they are going to have success, they're going to have to carry the burden because we know the weak spot in this uh, lineup is the relief pitching. So if these starters can go six, seven innings um, fairly regularly, that's going to be huge for the Rockies. This is a guy I love to watch pitch because, like you said, Jerry, when he is on, the, the confidence that just exudes from him, the batter's know that they're in trouble it's really something cool to watch and in my opinion at least there's not a whole lot better out there than watching a starter pitcher a starting pitcher just have that stuff yeah and i think if you if you pulled up players around the national league especially and said hey who are the pitchers you don't want to face i'm guessing marquez is in that discussion i I really believe that he is because he looks like 
man, I, I've seen him pitch so many times. He looks like he's just playing catch, and that ball just flies out of his hand. I mean, it's just amazing. And sometimes you look at the speed gun, and you go, are you serious? He just hit 97 miles an hour? It looks like he's playing catch. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of guy that has special talent. And you, you just have a feeling, because he's a great kid too, Tanner, just a yes sir, no sir, hardworking, respectful, great teammate, funny um, I just think that he's got that great attitude. He's going to bounce back this year physically and mentally. But, no, there's no, no getting around it. He is the ace of this staff. And, uh, and like, like we were talking about, when he's on, man, is he ever hard to hit. Well, and I'm really excited to see what he does have in store for us this year. I, I agree with you completely, Jerry. I think that, that uh, Herman Marquez does come back and have a phenomenal year. I feel the same way about Kyle Freeland the, the the Denver native you know 7 and 8 last year 4.33 ERA a whip of 1.42 um they i think some of these numbers are a little deceiving because like you mentioned in the first segment, the Rockies' offense wasn't very good last year, so a lot of weight went on this pitching staff. But I think Kyle Freeland's kind of got that stuff, too. He might be his second fiddle to Herman Marquez, but he put him on a lot of different staffs. He, he's got ace-type stuff. Yep, there's no, no no getting around that, and and I think you make a good point. You know, the offense was it was down last year. They did not score runs like you're used to having them score. So if you're you're a pitcher, you're going to lose some games because the offense hasn't been that good. And that's what happened to Marquez last year. That happened to Kyle Freeland, like you said as well. But then you look at that that ERA four point three three pitching half your games at Coors Field. I think you take that. I mean, that's. That's kind of where John Gray was in his last several years with the team, right around that four mark, a little bit past that. So I think if you're if you're flirting with a four ERA for an entire season and you play half your games at Coors Field, you're doing just fine. <laughs> you, you seriously. And and Kyle Freeland, I heard he's working on uh, a changeup again. That's he's trying to move his ball around a little bit differently than he has in the past. And when Kyle walks in like that and has another pitch, another weapon, look out. I I think you're going to see a terrific year from Kyle Freeland. I just have that hunch. One of my favorite players is uh, Kyle Freeland. I love the storyline of him being from Colorado and now here. I mean, just the the support he has at every single game. I love watching this guy pitch. But you were talking about a guy, you know, somebody that that can stick around that four four mark on the ERA, pitching half those games at Coors. Antonio Sensatella, uh, he seems to be starting to come into his own you know he was four and ten last year i think that's really deceiving 4.42 era you know he had a whip of 1.34 uh but this is a guy that i think he's got the makeup to be a really good third guy in that rotation for this Rockies team he's just got to get it dialed in yeah no no question about it he's still a young guy too that's a young arm uh, another guy with a tremendous attitude. I mean, he is a lot like Marquez that way. And that, you know, tell me what to do and I'll, I'll get it done type of thing. And he can get going as well. And he's just so free and loose with his arm. And uh, and that's the talent that we've seen for so long from Sensatella. You know, when you have that record that you mentioned, and you have a 4.42 ERA, there's some bad luck there. Because yes. that's not a bad ERA at, at Coors Field. It's, a, it's not a good record. But that means you just had some bad luck. There were some games that you probably should have won, normally would have won with a, with a better offense that you lost. You get away last year. But I, I, if, if Antonio Sensatella, Tanner, seriously, is around 4.4 this year, for a whole season with his ERA, it's gonna, he's going to have a terrific year. He's going to win 10 games. I, I really believe that because the offense is better. But you know, it's, a, it's a guy that's a, just, a, in my mind, 
solid, solid third starter, no question about it. If he wins ten games, my prediction of eighty five wins might be low. I mean, that's just how <laughs> that, that's just how valuable this starting uh, staff can be, and you don't expect a whole lot of those from from Rockies pitchers because we've talked about it. They get beat up at Coors Field. A lot of those go into the bullpen, and then we wish for the best from there. If if, if Antonio Sensatella wins ten games this year, Jerry, the Rockies are in a really good spot. I, I, I agree with you on that. I really do. And I'm not just throwing that number out there. I think he's very capable of that. Um, when you have a 4.4 ERA, and maybe he'll be better this year. Maybe he'll if they have a lower ERA. And if he does, you're, you're and, and pitches every fifth day like it looks like he's going to, you have a chance to win 10 games. You, you win five at home and five on the road. It's not so much to ask. And I think you're right. If your third pitcher in your rotation is winning 10 games, you're probably going to have a winning season. And I I think that's what people are counting on. And think about this, too, uh, Tanner, because we mentioned Marquez and Freeland and Sensatella now, and there's some others in rotation I know you'll get to, but how many teams can you list that have three solid starters like that? You're one, two, and three. You can rely on every single night. Hell, the Dodgers can't even do that, Jerry. I mean, really, right now they can't. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, and there just aren't too many. Look at the division. Uh, Dodgers can't necessarily say that. Now, when their guys are healthy, they're top three. Yeah, they're better than these three For as sure. a group. No question about it. But when you get to San Francisco and Arizona and San Diego, you, go, you know what? These three stack up pretty good with a lot of different teams. So there just aren't – I found this out over the years. You, everybody's got that ace, and everybody's got uh, – the good teams have that second – uh, starter, but very few have a reliable third starter, and the and the Rockies have that, and, and that's a just in my mind a huge value. No, and honestly, you throw Austin Gomber in there, he shocked me when he got traded over here uh, from the Cardinals in that Nolan Arenado deal. Um, big curveball. This guy, this guy's got the stuff. He went nine and nine last year uh, with a four point five three ERA. You know, I think when Senzi struggles, you've got a guy in, in that's really right now cited as your fourth starting pitcher that would be a, a third starting pitcher in a lot of other teams. Yeah, no, no question about that. I think when when other teams would look at a guy going nine and nine playing for the Rockies on a, with a poor offense and and half your games at Coors Field, he won nine games. That that's eye opening to me. I mean, I think it, it's that same way with other with other teams as well. And I think I think a lot of teams look at Austin Gomer and go, man, that guy probably belongs in the top three in a lot of teams. Uh, a four point five ERA last year, not n- nothing to sneeze at when you're playing your games at Coors Field. If you're if you're below four four and a half in an ERA as a starter. You're 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 a pretty good pitcher, and that's where Gombo was. He was four point five three a year ago, but nine wins, and he he, he competes. Um, that's not uh, we, we talk about sends a Teletan or not being a bad third. Uh, Austin Gomber's not a bad number four, I can tell you that. Yeah, so they go out and make a move, Jerry, and uh, they bring in Chad Cool uh, as the fifth starting pitcher here. Um, maybe playing for one of the few teams that could was maybe worse than the Rockies last year in the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, of course, uh, they've had they had their struggles, and his numbers are going to reflect that. You know, four point eight two ERA. But you're high on this guy. I like him. Yeah, I, I do. I like Chad Cool, and you could go back. And look at his numbers. They don't have him in front of me right now, but I, I, he was just really consistent with Pittsburgh. He wasn't always in that rotation. He came from the bullpen once in a while, but every year he is going to win five to eight games and have an ERA right around 5.4 or 4.5, and it's just very consistent that way. He's got what I'm told is a rubber arm, which means he can throw a lot of innings if he has to. 
You can put him in the bullpen if you need him, but he can be a reliable starter as well. Not going to set the world on fire. He's not going to throw the ball by anybody, but he's a, he's a smart guy, and his approach I've always been impressed with. He had some great starts against the Rockies when I was doing their games. I mean, he was uh, there were a couple games. I remember one in Pittsburgh where he was just almost unhittable for about four or five innings. So reliable, not not going to, like I said, light light things on fire, but this is a pretty reliable guy, and I think a good move to have in your rotation, no question. Well, and we're not even mentioning guys like Peter Lambert, who I'm really high on, he's young arm, if he can get back in into the mix of things. he You know, I know he's made a couple of debuts uh, with the Rockies, got beat up a little bit, as young pitchers tend to do, but, uh, you know, if Lambert comes along and then you've got these guys could Chad Cool move into the uh, into the bullpen a little bit and be one of those stretch uh, long stretch relievers? I think he could. Uh, but for me, Jerry, you know, I think this is an above average starting pitching staff, and that goes a long way. Their numbers aren't going to reflect it. We've said that, but if they can keep you know teams uh, you know at bay long enough for this offense to get going, the Rockies are going to be in really good shape. Exactly right. So you're you're missing from that rotation, John Gray, solid pitcher, right? Number three. Uh, and you will miss John Gray. But I think you look at some of these other names, like we mentioned, like like Lambert and Gombert and Cool. they probably are, are not going to win as many games as John Gray did uh, if he was still in this uniform for the Rockies, but they're going to be sufficient. And then you got those top three. So I, I agree with you. And I, that's what I was, I was always smiling about last year watching this team was, you know what, their starting rotation's pretty darn good. It's just their bench or their offense isn't, isn't producing. And it's always been the opposite in the past. So I think you're exactly right. I think it's the makings of a, a really solid uh, rotation. You mentioned Peter Lambert. And, you know, Peter, I was, the last year I did the games, 2019, Peter came up and he won those first two games, both against the Cubs, which is a really good team then. And I thought, boy, here we go. And then he, he took his lumps, like you said, and got beat up a little bit. You know what? In retrospect, he was not ready. He was not ready to come up in 2019. They rushed him because they were in a playoff hunt. They need, they need another arm. Um, and a team, I think, like this year, if you're not in that playoff hunt or like they were last year, then you probably don't bring a guy like that up. So he comes up, he gets beat up, he's injured, and now he's starting to come back a little bit. But that guy has tremendous potential. I remember talking to to um, the Rockies pitching coach, and he said, you know, Peter Lambert's one of the best prospects I've ever seen, and he was with the Twins and the Royals and, and some other teams. That this, this guy's really got it all together. Smart, got a great arm, uh, throws strikes, doesn't walk anybody. So you get him back, and, and get him back to where he can, he can relax a little bit, breathe a little easier. He's not called upon to, to beat the Cubs two games in a row like this <laughs> Um, I think he's going to be just fine. But if that guy is on Tanner, seriously, I've seen him pitch bullpens and, of course, saw him in a handful of games in 2019. He's got tremendous talent. I mean, you come – I think he fits course field well, too. He keeps the ball down, doesn't walk guys. He's going to give up some runs and some home runs, but he – he, he knows how to do it. He knows how to get guys out. And I, I'm looking for, if he's healthy, a big year, really, from Peter Lambert. Yeah, I agree with you, Jerry. I'm, I'm all in. This pitching staff's going to have a big factor uh, be, and have a big say in what these Rockies do this year. This is Rockies Rundown. Jerry Schimmel, I'm Tanner Schwint. Let's get a break. We'll come back on the other side. Who's that dark horse? Who's maybe one guy, the Rockies, we don't see him coming, but there's potential there. We'll discuss next right here on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFK.
243 the time this afternoon. It's Rocky's Rundown. I am Tanner Schwint. Jerry Schimmel uh, up here with me up on the line today. We'll be co-hosting this show every single Thursday from 2 to 3. Jaden Nelson. Jadeen, Jade of Spades. I don't know what all Brady calls him, but uh, he's pulling overtime today. We appreciate him for that. All right, we're talking about the Colorado Rockies. We went through the pitching staff. Now let's who's there's always one of those guys who comes out of nowhere and just has an impact year for the Colorado Rockies. Jerry, you mind if I go first on this one? All yours, my man. All right, I, I don't want I don't want you uh, stealing my guy here, and I'm really high on him, and that's Sam Hilliard. Uh, you know, he's a guy that at, at certain points was striking out about 50 percent of the time. I think it was about 45 percent of the time, and you look at that and you say, okay, you got to cut way down on that. But here's why I'm high on this guy. The build and the makeup of him. I mean, he's six foot five. He's this towering, very, very fast defender. He's he's sure-handed. Maybe, arguably, one of the best defenders in the outfield for the Rockies. And that's saying something when you guys you got guys like Chris Bryant, who you were bragging on earlier, and Randall Grichik out there. Garrett Hampson is tremendous out there as well. But Sam Hilliard just has the physical attributes. He's got the power in that bat. I mean, I'm pretty sure he could hit a ball out of Coors Field that may land here at the KFKA studios he's just got to be more like the more like Joey Gallo okay He's got that big power, but he's got to be able to take a ball here and then. He's got to draw more walks because there's no doubt opposing pitchers know about that power he has. Force them to make a mistake. And I think that's a learning curve, and I think he got a lot of traction with that. Can he implement that? And I think if he does, that's a dark horse player that's probably not going to be in the everyday starting lineup right at the beginning of the season. He's definitely going to get his fair share uh, of at-bats and time in the field, but if he's a guy that can put it together, I love, I am buying all of the stocks in Sam Hilliard right now. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that, Tanner. I mean, it's it's a great pick, and obviously he's got to cut the strikeouts down. That's the big thing with him is that he just strikes out way too much, and he is, trust me, the first guy that admits that, knows that, knows he has to get more selective, and not necessarily just you know get more walks or get a higher on-base percentage, but just stop chasing pitches that are out of the strike zone. When you're, when you're down the count 0-2 or 1-2, you're going to get that pitch in the dirt, and he just has not uh, developed the discipline to stay off that pitch. And when he does, and I think that's certainly a possibility, it's a lot easier said than done, he's going to be a tremendous player. Uh, there's no question about it. I mean, look at him right now. He's got great value, I think, on this team. If he's not in that everyday starting lineup, he's going to be that pinch hitter, that left-handed pinch hitter coming off the bench late in the ball game, and then you can put him in the field. And he's a tremendous outfielder, as we have seen. Like you said, he can run like crazy. He's built like Chris Bryant and faster than him. And so I think already he's, he's got great value on this team as that fourth outfielder and just gets better if he stops striking out. So, no, I, I I can't argue with any of that. And he's the first guy to admit that he's got work to do offensively, and hopefully he'll get that done. Yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Jerry Schimmel, the voice of the Rockies, the man, the myth, the legend, just said he can't argue with me. That's a, that's a win right there, Jerry. Uh, uh, give me your dark horse. Give me a guy that maybe isn't on the radar here, but uh, you think is going to have a huge impact. You know, first of all, before I get to that, uh, you're talking about Jaden, the uh, producer, yeah. over overrated way overrated. Oh, there's absolutely. No, no yeah, I don't, I don't know. Be, I don't know about this be, kid. We're trying him out. Yeah. Don't be singing his praises. Okay. <laughs> All right. Call us Spade is coming out. Now, Jaden's great. Jaden helped us with the coaching show out the, at the GOAT this year. And what a terrific kid and a lot of talent as well. So good to have him working overtime today. All right. 
Here's mine, and it's, I don't think, Tanner, it's the same way that you're thinking about things, the guy that can be this dramatic impact player, that I think if you give this guy at-bats, he's going to come through offensively, and that's Colton Welker. Oh. He was a fourth-round fourth pick, I think, uh, nine, uh, I think four or five years ago, and just got off to a great start in the minors. I mean, he, he's not going to hit 30 home runs, but he's a gap-to-gap guy, uh, racks up the extra bases, especially doubles. He's a big, strong guy, 6'2", and about 240, and I think that power will come. And you have to love him as well because he's from Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida where they had the terrible shootings a few years ago. Um, but he was a, a tremendous mind. Then he got hurt a little bit and really had a lot of catching up to do. But he's in camp, and the word is that he's got a terrific stroke. I mean, I've never seen him play but I, I, in person, but I've seen that, that quick bat. Just bat to the ball really quick. He's got to cut down on some strikeouts as well, but he can play third base. He can play first base, and obviously can be a terrific right-handed bat off the bench. So I don't know if he's going to light the world on fire. as some we've never heard of make an impact, but if Colton Welker plays, he's going to deliver, I think, offensively. I like that pick. Uh, you know, he, he had some national media around him uh, last year, too. Where, you know, there's a lot of hype around this guy. He, he's kind of a, a Brendan Rodgers type that we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. When is that time going to be where he, he flashes that brilliance that everybody's been singing the praises of? Now, I think the ceiling's higher for a guy like Brendan Rodgers, but if you, you're looking for the, a complete team, Colton Welker is that guy. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and he's not a guy that, that's hyped up a lot. Like I said, a fourth-round draft pick, so it's not like he's a you know a top ten like, like Brendan Rodgers was. And, and, you know, Brendan was considered one of the top five or six players in the draft when he came out. So, And he's a terrific offensive player. We already know that. But we know who that guy is already. We don't really know who, who Colton Welker is, and we hope to find out. So uh, I don't think he's going to be, uh, like I said, an everyday guy this year, and he's not going to carry a team offensively. But you give him at bats, this guy's going to produce. He's going to be a, a steady, reliable guy. Yeah, I, I like that pick, Jerry. I like that pick. I, I don't know. You know, going back to Sam Hilliard and some of these these other guys, there's a lot of potential there. And why I'm so high on the Rockies is I am buying stock in these guys. Brendan Rodgers, I think he's going to take that next step. I think Sam Hilliard, I'm high on him as well. Uh, but guys like Colton Welker, let's go. Let's see what they've got. You, you take that uh, contribution on the offensive side and pair it with maybe a couple of strides from a couple of young pitchers that they've got as well. You've got the making for a team that could surprise a lot of people. I agree with you, and, and I think it starts with that rotation. And it, it was like last year, and even the year before, that was the strength of this team. And man, how often have we been able to say that? Very seldom, in fact, over the years. It's always do we have enough pitching? And, and I think they have enough pitching this year, certainly from that starting rotation. And then the bullpen will be obviously a question mark because they they were not good last year. And I just can't imagine looking at some of the numbers, Tanner. They could be worse than they were in the group last year. <laughs> nowhere to go um, but up, yeah. baby. Nowhere to yeah, go but up. Exactly, exactly right. There's so many games that got away, especially in the second half of the season because of the bullpen. They're just a little bit better, a couple ticks better. They win many more games. So I'm with you. I, I think I know people look at the Rockies and say, you know, this is sort of the same old team. I don't know. You look at that lineup, it's not a bad lineup, is it? C.J. Crone at first and Rodgers and Iglesias and McMahon and Bryant and Grichik and Blackman and LSD has had that great year last year. It's not a bad lineup, and we know it's a very good or potentially a very good rotation. So question marks, yes, absolutely, especially with the bullpen. But I think they had this team as the makings of one that could surprise a lot of people. I 
love everything you just said, and I agree completely with everything you just said. So when we come back on the other side, Jerry, make your you get your prediction ready. We're going win totals before the regular season gets underway a week from today. We're going win totals when we come back on the other side. It's Rockies Rundown. Jerry Schimmel, I'm Tanner Schwent. We'll wrap this thing up, give our win predictions for the Colorado Rockies. This is Rockies Rundown on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFK. Welcome back into Rocky's Rundown. I am Tanner Schwint, joined by the man, the myth, the legend. That is Jerry Schimmel, a former voice of the Colorado Rockies. The Rockies in a spring training game against the San Francisco Giants, down 4-0 to right now. But uh, Jerry, prediction time, my friend. Um, before the season gets underway, we know the NL West is loaded. How many wins for the Colorado Rockies this year? All right. Well, if I'm a, the myth, the man, the legend, how come I always get these picks wrong? Now, right, well, like the you myth, know, I, that, that's the myth part of it. <laughs> that, is that it, the myth part? Okay. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this team's going to win 80 games, going to 80 and 82. Okay. That's, that's my prediction. Now, uh, I think Las Vegas has them, what, 68 and a half or something yeah. like that. They, they, they uh, last year won 74 games when they were supposed to win 64. So uh, they, they beat everybody's uh, handicap at that point. I think they'll do it again this year, but in a bigger way. I just think they're going to surprise a lot of people, um, have a winning record, just over 500, and maybe flirt with the postseason. Yeah, you know, I won't uh, I won't put you on the spot there, but I, I if I, if I'm gambling right there, I love the over on the Rockies 68 and a half uh, this year. I just absolutely do. I'm right at that 85 mark. I'm a little higher than you are there. I think 85, you know, 85 wins. You're you're battling for that third wild card in this expanded playoffs the NL West though Jerry um, it's difficult I mean you're going to get a chance to beat up on the Diamondbacks who are just garbage Uh, but I think the Giants take a huge step back from 107 wins from last year I don't think they repeat that you got the Padres who I know had health issues Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. when's he going to be coming back I think that the Rockies battle with the Padres for the second place in the NL West I think the Dodgers do walk away with it but the NL West could have three possibly could you could you see a, a scenario where the where the nos has four teams in it or do you think there's too much cannibalization that's going to happen yeah i think you beat each other up a little bit too much and certainly not of the realm of possibility because you can do obviously win a lot of games against the other divisions in the national league so and win a few again in an in interleague play as well but yeah i think you're probably realistic looking at, at three teams uh, and I agree with it. Dodgers are far and away the most talented team in the West. We they're the most talented team probably in, in baseball again. But um, you know, I, I think you're right. Um, I think they're going to surprise the Rockies a lot of people. And I just thought about this, Tanner, for being the pessimistic person you are. Normally, 85 wins really 85 wins i you know i've got a soft spot for them as always but some of these guys i just i'm really high on i think i think it's a shock the world type of thing jerry uh give me you got about a minute here jerry before we got to break this thing uh what are your thoughts on spring training does it matter at all yeah, it matters. I, I think it, it's it's good to get your timing down, and I, I think you can do that in three weeks rather than six that you normally get. So I, I think it does matter, but I think it, it probably doesn't matter as much as people think it does. So, you know, three and a half weeks of spring training, you get your regulars to have all their at-bats. 
You get your pitchers to have their their innings thrown, and you'll be just fine come April eighth, in my mind. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I mean, the, the the Cardinals beat the Nationals twenty nine to eight yesterday. I don't think we're going to see. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see a lot of those scores. But uh, Jerry, I do have to tell you, we just got a text here, and it's from the city of Greeley Mayor John Gates saying Dodger Blue baby. He's a, he's a big Dodger oh, no. fan. I think we might need to move the station out of Greeley with a comment like that. Oh my gosh! I used to like that guy too. I know, right? I, I, I used to really like. Everybody, oh, everybody's got flaws, Jerry. Everybody's got well, flaws, I suppose. You know, can we, but can we argue with him? I no, mean, the absolutely. Are we might have to the get. Him. Yeah, yeah, we might have to get him on the show, though. We might have to argue with him a little bit. Well, Jerry Schimmel, thank you so much. We're going to be doing this every Thursday from two to three. Great insight from you, as always, my friend. Thanks so much for your time. All right, Tanner. See you soon, buddy. All right. For Jerry Schimmel, I'm Tanner Shrimp. Thanks to Jaden Nelson for doing the production work today. The Good Afternoon Guy with Brian Gary coming your way. We'll be back at it next Thursday. The podcast will be available on 1310kfka.com. Rockies, 85 wins. Put your bets in now. They're going to be in the postseason. We'll talk to you next Thursday.